Good morning and welcome to our Sunday service. Uh, it is Easter Sunday. That means it's the Sunday in which we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. On Good Friday, we celebrated his death on the cross and how Jesus gave up his own life so that we could have life. And today we celebrate the fact that Jesus didn't stay dead, but that he rose again, defeating death, conquering death and giving us the, the gift of everlasting life through faith in, in him. Um, it feels right to say, he is risen. Now normally, I, I wouldn't get silence back, I'd get, he is risen indeed. Uh, but as we are all in our own rooms and all separated, uh, we'll just have to do it, I'll have to do it myself, I guess, and you'll have to do it yourselves, but he is risen. He is risen indeed. What, a, what an awesome message that is. And let's continue to proclaim this, that he is risen indeed. Uh, throughout this day, throughout this week, uh, let's continue to proclaim the resurrected Jesus Christ, our Messiah, who saves us, who gives us life. I want to start uh, this service by reading from a passage in John. John 20, uh, and it says this, Thomas said to, to Jesus, uh, sorry, I'm going to actually skip ahead a little bit. <laughs> Forgive me. It's, uh, it starts with Jesus appearing to the disciples and to Thomas. And he says this, Jesus says, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I think that's a, a really encouraging passage for us as a church today. Those of us who have not seen with our own two eyes the resurrected Messiah. But we, even though we have not seen, believe. And I pray that this service and that throughout today, uh, we are all blessed with that faith. That God blesses us. Blessed are those who have not seen but believe. That God blesses us who have not seen but believe. Uh, may God bless you today. May God bless all of us who believe and yet have not seen. And may we continue to believe with a childlike faith that does not need facts or that the world thinks is truth. To support us, but that we rest on the facts of the Bible, of Scripture, and we rest on the facts that we have in Jesus Christ. We have a couple announcements, and then we'll move to time for prayer, worship, and then Dan is going to come in and speak to us from, from God's Word. Uh, so just a couple announcements. One is, is that we want to, as staff, want to thank you as a church. Uh, during this time of of COVID-19 and the, the fear of, of isolation, not meeting together as a church, uh, we knew that there would probably be a fairly large hit uh, to the giving. Um, but we are blown away and filled with joy to say that that has not been the case for Arendelle Alliance Church. Uh, you have faithfully give, uh, you've faithfully given to us as a church, not to us <laughs> as staff, but you've faithfully given to us um, and we are so thankful as a staff for your generosity during this time of unrest and we're, we're, we're not sure what's going to happen next. You have continued 
to give and allowed us to to serve at Arendelle. And we, we, we are glad and filled with joy to be able to serve uh, this church and this congregation. But we are just wanting to, to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity and for your continued giving during this time. And may God bless you as you give and as you give faithfully to what he has called you to give. Uh, the, the only other announcement we have is just to remember to pray for the nominating committee. Now, the nominating committee, for those of you who don't know, they are the ones who uh, prayerfully consider and decide who uh, should be called to be elders uh, for the next uh, two-year terms. So uh, I believe there are two elders uh, who, who need to be called. I don't even know it for sure. But what I do know is that we need to pray. We need to pray for them as they make this important decision for this church. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of... Um, uh, there's a lot of responsibility on their shoulders uh, to, to pick the right people that God is, is telling them to pick. And so let's, let's join them and pray for them, for the nominating committee, as they go about uh, discerning God's will for, for who should be elders. Uh, and and uh, it's, a, it's a really uh, great thing for them to do, but also they need our support. Uh, if you're not sure who the nominating committee is, uh, take a look at our e-newsletter that, that has been sent out this past week. Um, it has a lot of information on there, including the list of those in the nominating committee, those on the elder board, on the deacon board, and those who serve as staff uh, on this church, or in this church. And uh, that's the only announcements I have. Uh, again, if you're not getting the e-newsletter, e please let us know, and we will add you to that list. Let's uh, take a moment to pray, and then we'll uh, go to a time of worship. Lord God, thank you. Thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for our sin. Thank you, Lord, that you did not stay dead, but that you rose to life, that you defeated death. Lord, thank you so much for giving us your son. Thank you that through faith we can be called children of God. Lord Jesus, you, you call on us to confess our sins to you. So Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you reveal anywhere in which we have sinned against you to all of us right now, Lord God, so that we can confess it to you. Lord, reveal where we have fallen short. Lord, thank you that, that when we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Lord, we do nothing, nothing to earn that forgiveness. You just give it to us through your love, through your grace, through your mercy. You give us this, this free gift of salvation and forgiveness. Lord, I thank you so much for all the ways in which you have blessed us. As a church, as individuals, Lord, you have blessed us in many ways. Help us to see the ways in which you've blessed us. And Lord, help us in turn to be a blessing to those around us. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to use things like Arendelle Connects as a way in which we can bless those around us and lift up our brothers and sisters who are struggling, who have needs. And Lord, help us to have a faith that we can believe without seeing. Give us that kind of faith, a childlike faith that doesn't need to know all the answers, but that that with a hundred percent surety believes in you even though we do not see 
And Lord God, we, we thank you for those across the world who are continuing to do uh, your work, continuing to share your name to the nations. And Lord, we right now want to lift up uh, Louise and Melva Estrada, and we also lift up Dory Manu and Power to Change. And we ask that you bless those two ministries. Uh, meet their needs, Lord, and continue to use them uh, today to proclaim the resurrected Christ. Now, Lord God, help us throughout today, throughout this week, throughout this month. Help us to daily proclaim the resurrected Christ. Help us in our work uh, at home to continually think, reflect, and proclaim Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Messiah, who died and rose again. Lord God, continue to, to uh, lift up this church. Continue to, to give this church the means to continue to run. And Lord, thank you for the generous giving that, that we have seen lately uh, through our offerings and, uh, and tithes. And Lord God, may you bless all of us as we give and may you continue to instruct us as to how we should give because we know that everything we have is from you. And Lord God, may you continue to bless the service and bless Dan as he comes and shares with us. May your Holy Spirit give us uh, open ears to hear what you have for us today. And may we all change in some way for your honor, for your glory. Lord God, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hi, it's us again. We sure miss getting together with our worship team. And we also miss getting together with all of you. We hope that will happen again very soon. But until then, we can worship this way together and we hope that you will sing along with us as we sing on this Easter Sunday morning.
That last song asks the question, where's thy victory, O brave? And this next song asks a few questions, one of which is, unto the grave, what shall we sing? The answer, Christ, he lives. Christ, he lives. What a hope we have in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I don't know how people can, can go through life and all the anxiety and worry that life itself gives us with or without a pandemic. And uh, this uh, new hymn for Easter really does uh, sing about that hope. And uh, I hope that you enjoy it and uh, join along with us. Uh, even if it's new, you might be singing along on the course by the time we get to the end. Christ our hope in life and death. <laughs>
thank you very much for joining us as we worship on this Easter Sunday. And uh, it's too bad that we couldn't uh, be together. But as I've seen uh, so many places uh, this last week that the church will be empty, but it just reminds us that the tomb was empty. The resurrection was a central focus of the early church. And in fact, they had a greeting. Uh, they would uh, be, greet one another and one would say, uh, he is risen. And the second one would reply, he is risen indeed. And this way, it reminded them not just on an annual basis, but on a daily basis that Jesus Christ was alive. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise and thanks, Lord. And, and I do pray that you would empower us and enable us, Lord, to remember the resurrection. Not once a year, Lord, but over and over and over again throughout the year. We remember that, that because Christ is risen, we too will one day be risen from the dead and, and join him for all of eternity, Lord. We give you praise and thanks in Christ's name. Amen. There were three men who, who got together for supper one evening in a restaurant and, and enjoying the conversation, but somehow the, the conversation turned to death and then eventually from there to, what would you want said about you at your funeral? And, and one man said, I would like people to, I'd like them to tell people that I was a successful man, I was a hard worker, but I used that success to brighten the lives of others. And the second man said, I think I would like them to say what a great father I was and a great husband I was and, and how I loved my family and my family loved me. And the third man just reflected for a moment and he said, I think that I would like them to say, look, his body is moving. And that is the story of the resurrection. Jesus died from the crucifixion. We saw that on Good Friday. But now he was alive. And he appeared to so many as proof of that. I want us to look at Luke 24, 1 to 12, and, and as I re reflect on, on the power of, of what is occurring here, it says, on the first day of the week, Luke 24, 1 to 12, on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember, re remember when, when he was with you, still in Galilee, he told you that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the disciples. But these words seemed to them like an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. And, and so we see in this account that on that, on that first Easter morning, th there was unbelief. The, the, the disciples, the very men who had walked with Jesus, did not believe. What an amazing story. 
that, that that's Jesus that they had saw, seen die. They had been there, most, most of them, by the cross. He was dead, but now he was alive. Well, that is, of course, if he was really dead, because there are some who would say that he didn't really die. He was close to death, yes. But when they took him down and put him in the tomb, he was still alive, and the disciples stole his body and nursed him back to health. Now, now never mind the fact that he had been beaten till his body was scarred unbelievably, that, that, that he had hung on that cross for six hours, that a Roman soldier had taken a spear and run it under his ribs into his organs. Never mind also that his death was proved by Roman executioners whose very career, not just career, but their very life depended on the fact that when they said someone was dead, they were dead. But somehow, after all of this, the disciples nursed him back to health. And of course, that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, but what we do know is this. Somehow, supernaturally, spectacularly, Jesus came to life again. And beloved, I believe that. I believe it with all of my heart. And many of you believe it. But again, if we put ourselves back to the scene, that this first Easter morning, we put ourselves back there, we see that that wasn't easy for his family and his friends to accept. They had a harder time believing it. It says it in verse 11 that these words seemed to the disciples when they came and told them what had happened, these words seemed like an idle tale and they did not believe them. The unbelief of the first Easter morning. The very idea that Jesus, or anyone else for that matter, I suppose, that Jesus would rise from the dead seemed completely foreign to them. It did not seem even possible. But there was one person, one person who said, what if it's true? And Apostle Peter runs out the disciple, and, and he wants to check out this situation for himself. And, and so he runs to the tomb to see, is Jesus really gone? And maybe he wasn't even totally convinced when he saw it. But regardless, I, rem I re admire and respect the fact that he was willing to ask himself, what if it's true, to, to keep an open mind. And beloved, when everyone around you seems to have already settled an issue in their own minds. It's hard sometimes to take an opposite view. It takes a lot of courage to look at the facts for yourself and say, no, I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. But Peter at least took that risk, at least had that courage to say, I don't know. I want to see for myself and believe. And then there's another story. If you continue on in Luke 24, it's a different, one's in the morning. This story takes place in the evening. And this is not a story about unbelief. This is a story on that first Easter evening of hopelessness. You may have heard the story. It's not as well known as the account that we read this morning. But, but still an incredible encounter. 
it was a, a late on, on Easter afternoon, and, and there were two people uh, who were walking the 11 kilometers or seven miles from Jerusalem to a town called Emmaus. And as they walked, they were talking about the, the biggest news story, probably in all of history, but certainly of, of the day. It seemed that all of Jerusalem was talking about what had happened. Jesus was well known to the people. And, 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 and he had been crucified. And people could tell that he was dead. And, and, and the, the Roman executioners even said that he was dead. And there were some, certainly, who were just grateful to be done with this guy, especially the religious leaders who were, who were just tired of all the trouble that he caused. And, but others weren't happy. They were grieving a terrible, terrible loss. But the one thing is this, whether they were happy that he was gone or they were grieving, they knew that he was dead. But now, of all things, there's these nonsensical stories that, that the body's missing and and people claiming that, that he had come back to life. And, and some remembered, wait, wait, wait. Jesus said that this would happen. And, 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 other, and others recalled that he had done miracles. And, and, and if he had done all those miracles, couldn't God have done this miracle and put life into this dead body? And if he could do this for Jesus, certainly he could do it. For other people. And for the people who were walking to Amos, Amos that night, that evening, it was just too much to hope. It was too much to hope, to dream, to believe that, that, this, that this man that they had followed and that they had loved was now alive again. It was too far-fetched. Beyond far-fetched, it was just absolutely impossible. And they must have thought this is just the, the delusions of deep grief. And, and it wasn't even close to the truth. And they had trusted these two people. They had trusted that Jesus was the Savior. The Savior that so many of the Israelites had looked for for hundreds and even thousands of years. They had joined the cause, these two people. They, they had followed Jesus. They believed that he was sent from God. All of their hopes were dashed, more like shattered, when the Romans killed him. And so there's no way they were going to get their hopes up again, just to be disappointed all over again. And as they walked, and as they talked, a fellow traveler joined them and was walking with them and asked them what they were talking about. And they were astounded that anybody in the area hadn't heard the story, hadn't heard about this Jesus who was dead, and, and perhaps even heard that now people were saying that he was alive. Now, maybe they were blinded by the evening sun, but they didn't recognize Jesus. It was just some fellow who came along and started to walk with them. Or maybe they were, it was just so impossible for them to even think that Jesus was alive that it never entered their mind that that's who it could be. And maybe it was even God. Maybe God blinded their eyes to the truth because he had a different plan. 
But finally, as, as they began to share a meal together when they reached Amos, they recognized him. They realized who he was. And so late at night, when it was incredibly dark, they got up and, and, and they went the seven miles, the 11 kilometers back to the disciples and to those who were gathered to tell them that Jesus was alive. The Lord has risen indeed. It says in Luke 24, 34, the Lord has risen indeed. So there were those who didn't believe and there were those who were hopeless. But beloved, what if it's true? What if it really is true? And maybe you have no doubt whatsoever that it's true, that, that Jesus, you're absolutely convinced that Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross to pay for your sins and to, to pay for my sins. And, and you believe that. And you've declared your belief to God and, and, and even to other people. You've committed your life to Jesus as your Savior, your Savior from sin and the Lord of your life. There's no if it's true for you. It is true. If it's true, and you probably, maybe some of you believe it is, and I believe it is, if it's true that Jesus rose from the dead on Easter, then think about it like this for a moment. Then it must be that everything else that Jesus taught is also true. And if everything that Jesus taught was true, then, beloved, we cannot be neutral. We cannot be neutral about him, about all that he taught, about his works and about his words. We cannot be doubt, doubt, doubting about the word of God itself. C.S. Lewis, the English author, said this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if it is true, then it is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And that's the point of Easter Sunday. It proves to us and other people they would only open their eyes that Christ, Christianity, is infinitely important. If the resurrection is true, then we must believe fully in Jesus Christ. And if the resurrection in true is true, then, beloved, we must follow him passionately. We might say it like this, we don't follow him from a distance, but, but deny him or, or, or water down who he is or, or minimize our commitment to him. No, we, we want to follow him passionately. He's our guarantee of life after death and heaven forever. He's the assurance today of God's presence and, and the blessings that we have in this life and in the life to come. If Easter is true, it changes everything. Because Jesus rose from the dead, everything changes and there's new meaning a new purpose in life. We can be a part of something that, that lasts for all of eternity, that lasts forever. And we have something to say to those who struggle with unbelief. I just cannot believe this. Or, or those who struggle with hopelessness. 
that their life can never change. We have people, something to say to the people who struggle with the pain of disappointment. That those who are caught in, in the midst of, of pain and suffering and struggles, and we want to be able to say to them, we do have an answer in Christ. And so friends, if tomorrow we experience the most painful moments of our life, worse than pandemics, worse than being stuck at home, but if we were hit with something, just both barrels at one time in our lives, we need to know that we didn't draw the losing ticket. That whatever it is that's happened is, doesn't have to totally change our lives for the worse. This life, friends, is not all that there is. Because Jesus is alive. God has promised us a hope. And he's promised us a future more glorious than anything else that we could ever, ever imagine. And it is ours for the receiving. Just because it's true that Jesus is alive, everything changes. And so I encourage you, beloved, to remember day after day after day, the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. What if it's true? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that once we've committed our lives to, to, to follow you, we believe. It helps, to, it, it, it helps to overcome the pain and the sorrow and the struggles in our lives as we move from unbelief to belief, as we move from pain to joy. As ashes are turned into beauty, we give you thanks. In Christ's name, amen.